Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online. All eyes are back on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Fantasy Focused YouTube channel. I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco. Today, I'm doing a solo pod. Call me Bob Solo. Got a bunch of things on today. We're going to do player trends that you need to know heading into week five. We're going to talk about some key injuries that are going to impact week five as well. Players that are already out and ruled out. Also going to talk a little bit about Thursday night football. Russell Wilson injury. What's the impact for Geno? Is he on the QB2 map? We're also going to break down one more thing, which is this, some trades that happen in the TCK Listener League. So if you are a part of the TCK, even if you're not in those Listener Leagues, just maybe give you a good baseline and some thought process behind those trades. So a lot to cover today. We're going to get started in a moment. But a couple things I just want to talk about first. First of all, make sure you're following us on our, all our social medias. Make sure you see us scrolling at the bottom of your screen if you're listening on the podcast. Make sure you're following us on the fantasy-focused YouTube channel. We're going to be doing all our Sunday live start sit shows every Sunday on that channel. We're also going to be on Instagram. We're also on Instagram, TikTok, you know, Twitter, myself, Bobby Lamarco, at Sky Gawasco, at Buck59, at Fantasy Focus on Twitter. Then we got Fantasy Focus, TCK Pod, the Candlestick Kids, Fantasy Football X Factor. We're all over the place. So anything, anywhere you get your social media, you can find us. Um, and also, I want to make sure we're talking about our Sunday live show. Don't forget that we have that starting at 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be doing our Sunday live show. We're excited to announce that we officially have a sponsor for our show, and it's Good Sports. Now, Good Sports is a uh, a charity that actually helps donate equipment to underprivileged communities to help support youth sports. So we're excited that we're going to be donating 10% of every donation we get on our Sunday Live show to Good Sports. This is a fantastic, fantastic charity. So if you're joining us on the YouTube, I have a graphic up now. It just talks about all the impact they have made for kids all across the United States. We also want to show if you're listening on the YouTube side, uh, not on the YouTube side, and you do not have a YouTube channel and you're not a Super Chat eligible person, we have created a TCK Pod Venmo account. So you can do my boy just hit me up on, on Instagram. Um, but yeah, so basically that's the key there. So we're going to be also doing a Venmo account for anybody who's on Twitch or Facebook and you're not on YouTube. You can now donate and also you become a super chatter. That will also get your questions answered right away. Remember Sunday live, we get hundreds of questions. So we've run about 25 minutes or so. 
behind on questions. We will get to your question at some point. You can stay and listen to all the analysis. That's perfect. Weather updates, injury updates. We're doing it all. So if you want to just stay and watch the show, great. But if you want your question right away, just throw a dollar or two. You get expedited answers, and you can get also 10% of that will now go to Good Sports. And Good Sports, once again, is a youth organization that helps provide equipment and resources to underprivileged communities to help kids play sports. All right, folks. You know, I got I got a lot of time to. I got to get it. It's Saturday. It's sunny. I want to bang through this real quick for you. And we're going to break down a bunch of information today. And before we do, we got a quick question. You know what? It's fun. We got a quick question of the day. We have, do I trade Allen Robinson and Gaskin for James Robinson? Absolutely. I would do this 100%. I would rather have James Robinson right now than Gaskin and Allen Robinson. The injuries, um, the, the injury situation, I mean, I'm sorry, not the injury situation, but the situation going on with Fields and Allen Robinson and Gaskin, it was actually took a backseat to Malcolm Brown. If you can go get a guy like James Robinson who is a feature in his offense, I would. So that's not a bad trade at all. So let's get into the first topic of the day. We're going to be talking about Thursday night football. Now, the big biggest takeaway from Thursday night football game is the fact that Russell Wilson did get hurt. And Russell Wilson, for what it's worth, guys, Geno Smith comes in. He looks really good. And I think Geno Smith is a competent backup quarterback. He also looked confident making switches at the offensive line. The thing about Geno, he locked in on DK. I like the connection they them two had against a very solid Rams defense. So I think Geno Smith is on the super flex radar. He's on the QB2 radar if you need a backup quarterback uh, for the next few weeks. His schedule isn't great right off the bat, but the Steelers next week have struggled against the pass. They are banged up in the secondary. They are much more susceptible. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockman can get theirs. So I think Geno, then they have the Saints who are more easy to beat through the air than the, the ground. That's going to force, especially with the Carson injury, it's going to might force their hand and use Geno a little more than they want. Then they get the Jags before the bye. And Jags, of course, wheels up all day. So I think Geno is someone that you could pick up right now in a super flex league. And you can count on him as your QB2-3 area in those leagues. QB1, I'm not going to go there, of course. But overall, what's the impact? It looks like he locked on the DK. I think this impacts Tyler Lockett more. Lockett and Wilson just had some type of rhythm going. And there was a trust factor that he would just throw the ball up to, to, to Lockett. And Lockett just goes, gets it. I just think that type of chemistry is hard to replicate DK and and Gino just looked like they were just vibing so I think that from DK's perspective he's all good I think Tyler Lockett will be fine too because those guys are such a concentrated duo I'm not sweating it too much but overall listen Alex Collins it was a nice experiment I, I picked him up in a couple leagues and started him um, over guys like CEH and Antonio Gibson believe it or not might have been a bad call it is what it is but Listen, Collins, eight and a half points, half point PPR, you know, but I think he can be dropped. You got the Steelers, then you got the Saints. Carson should be back. He's got a long extended absence. So if you picked up Alex Collins, you can probably drop him. Unless you're a Carson owner, you might want to hold on to him to see what happens. But I'm not going to play him against the Saints or the Steelers. So at this point, I'm probably just cutting bait, even if I have Chris Carson. Moving on to the Rams side, listen, staff another day in the office, but he looks a little erratic lately. He has not looked as consistent as you would like to see from Stafford. I mean, the production was there. He did finish with a nice solid line. But overall, though, he just does not look – he's overthrowing easy throws. He looks like he's way too amped up. I'm sure they get that corrected. But at the same time, it is notable to watch that him and Cup early on the season were vibing. Now he's missing Cup on wide-open throws. Very weird. 
But I think the uh, biggest takeaway from the Rams side is the ground game. Daryl Henderson is an absolute workhorse. I know Sonny Michelle got a series or two, but even after he got a little banged up, he went back in the second half. He got the first three full drives, and then they gave one to Sony. That's awesome for him. I know Sony scored in this game. I know that that's tough. But, I mean, that type of usage in this offense, I think Daryl Henderson's a buy, in my opinion. If you have Daryl Henderson, go get Sony Michelle. Some guys that I'm willing to trade Sony Michelle for, like Trey Sermon, for example. You have Eliza Mitchell coming back this week. Um, I'm willing to trade a guy like Sermon to go get myself Sony Michelle to handcuff Daryl Henderson. Henderson is like every single game, he's like one injury. He's, he's about to get hurt. It feels like he's about to get hurt. And Sony Michelle has proven that he's going to take that workhorse role. I just think that he's one of those very few handcuffs that I want going forward. So if you're a Dow Henderson owner, I think you should go get yourself some Sony Michelle. Listen, Robert Woods, the biggest change for Woods, and we've been talking about this on this podcast, is he's slowly getting back to his normal routes run. And that type of usage is going to lead to production at some point. And sure enough, he went off this game. Um, Buck was real high on him on Wednesday's episode. 12 for 150, great usage. He actually led the team in routes for the first time this season. Typically, that's been Cup. So I think that's good news for Woods. I'm not stressing about Cup. He's been great anyway. Van Jefferson started seeing his routes dialed back. He dropped from 36 and 35 for Woods and Cup down to 23 himself. And then Deshaun Jackson got 15. Now, Djax is going to be a situational player. But if Djax is getting on the field consistently more and more, if he starts approaching that 50% routes run to drop back mark, He's so explosive that he's someone that I just would I'm I'm willing to throw on the end of my bench because he is making big play after big play after big play. And now you're starting to see him start getting more work at the expense of Van Jefferson. Tyler Higby saved his day with a touchdown. You know, he just his usage, he gets a bunch of routes. He got like 30 plus routes in this game. But really, when it comes down to Tyler Higby, for me, is when you're watching him, he's they line him out wide and he runs like these weird clear out routes. And they keep Woods and Cup in the middle of the field. And then he's also running these like weird, goes into the middle field, fakes a go out, goes in kind of the same routes over and over again. But the thing I like about Higby is when they get in the red zone, that's all of a sudden they get creative with him. And that's what was shown last night. He catches the touchdown. Of course, if he doesn't catch the touchdown, he kills it. But if the teams are going to start focusing on Cup more in the red zone, Tyler Higby's the next guy. It's not Robert Woods and not Jefferson. It's not Deshaun Jackson. It is going to be Higby. And, of course, the best route and concept they gave him was in the red zone. Boom, he scores a touchdown on Jamal Adams. So I think, for me, I'm fine with Higby for now. There's going to be bigger days for him, of course, too. But it is a little concerning that he just runs these weird routes. So that's pretty much the breakdown for our Thursday Night Football. This is, of course, brought to you by our Sunday Live Start Sit Show every Sunday live, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. All right, we have a couple comments here. And I'm just going to answer one periodically, guys. But um, – you know, there's a couple starts sit here, and I, I listen, guys. I want to tell you right now, please, please go to our Sunday live show. We would love the traction. We want to make sure we're getting everyone on Sunday live. And also, if you guys are doing, um, if you guys are in there and you don't have the time to sit around for 15, 20 minutes, we really recommend you become a super chatter on YouTube, get yourself a channel, or sign up for your Venmo and get the TCK Pod Venmo, and you can get your answers right away for a dollar to whatever you can donate. And remember, all donations, 10% is going to a charity called Good Sports. So we really hope for that. So I'll answer a couple today here and there. But overall, make sure you guys are going to our Sunday live show. So I'm just going to pick a run from Justin. Uh, Justin asked, do I start Madison or J-Rob PPR? I, listen, guys, you're going to have to start J-Rob. You can't start Madison. 
Um, until Cook is actually formally ruled out, you got to go with J-Rob here, of course. Uh, and then also, do I start A.B., Corey Davis, or Jamar Chase? I think I just wrote an article about Chase and, and Davis, and I'm probably between those two guys. Um, you know what? Uh, personally, I just think something about the London game, maybe, maybe it's not as – it's sloppy. I think there's those London games. So I would stick – no Jair Alexander. I'm going to lead slightly Jamar Chase over Corey Davis. All right, we're going to get back to our regular scheduled broadcast, and we're going to dive into trade talk. Now, I know um, – actually, no, I'm going to do trade talk at the end because trade talk is TCK Listener League stuff. I'm actually dive into that at the end. So let's do key injuries. So I what I did is I kind of just went through the latest Friday practice reports, and I wanted to see key injuries you might not know about and some that you do. And I just kind of went game by game to see what the impacts will be. So we're going to talk a little bit about key injuries that you need to know for your fantasy lineup heading into week five. So first off, let's do the Jets-Falcons game. Now, the Jets potentially are going to be down two safeties. And with, for example, Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage out for this game, I think Kyle Pitts finally has that real breakout performance. I know we've been hyping this up for a while now, but the Jets are going to be down both starting safeties with May also questionable in this game. They're also down Austin uh, Aldrin Corbett. Um, I think that Kyle Pitts with no Ridley, no Russell Gage, finally has that big-time game we've been waiting for all year long. Also, Tyler Croft, the starting tight end, is out. If you're really desperate, I'm talking deep league, 16-team league guy, Tyler Croft is out. That means Ryan Griffin will monopolize all of the targets for the tight end position. He'll run all the routes. He'll be out there the most. He could be someone that is a very late dart throw, maybe a DK tournament dart throw um, if you're playing in DK, because I know he's going to be dirt cheap on that DraftKings. On the Falcons side, the key here is, of course, I just talked about Russell Gage and and Ridley. I'm not going to chase all a Sadikis. I'm also not playing Matt Ryan this week because of these injuries. Um, but I'll, uh, Isaiah Oliver, who's actually the main slot cornerback for the Falcons, is out. Jamison Crowder last week had insane usage. He had six red zone targets in one game. Now the starting slot corner is out for the Falcons. I'm buying Jamison Crowder this week. I like him a lot because of this injury. Jumping down to the Pats game. I know when we're going to we're going to talk through this the Pats are down four, potentially four starting offensive linemen. Two guys are on the COVID list. Um technically they could be cleared in time, but right now today it sounds like they won't be. That's four starters. They're playing against Houston. This is a the one of the best matchups for Damian Harris. He was actually one of my honorary mentioned starts of the week when it comes to the running back position. But listen, I'm going to tell you right now, Damian Harris is going to be a lot harder to trust if there's four, they're down four starting offensive linemen. So I think he's still flex worthy RB three range in my opinion, but I am not as high if they're going to be down four starting running backs. The Texans Rex Burkhead is going to be out this game. Hey, that's good news. Now this it goes from a four man committee to three. Really tough. We'll talk about that in the player trend section, but that's a tough situation down in Houston. And then they'll be down an offensive lineman, potentially Marcus Cannon. So, you know, I think the Patriots defense is probably the start of the week at defense. Of course, everyone knows that. They're number one cost on daily sites. I would pay up for, for the, the Patriots in daily fantasy today. On the Lions, Vikings, not a lot of injuries, but just remember Frank Ragnow, the starting center, is now out. Um, that's big news. I think the Vikings, uh, the 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 situation for the Lions is getting tough. People are starting to figure out what Jared Goff's trying to do. They take away uh, TJ Hawkinson. They're taking away the running backs, and they're forcing these receivers, Quintus Cephas, Khalif Raymond, to beat them. So 
I think the injury to Frank Ragnall at the center is really tough for golf. It's tough for their pass protection. I think the Vikings are going to do their thing in this game, but I'm not expecting fireworks either. I, I think that Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison, whoever starts, is going to dominate on the ground for the Vikings. I think Kirk Cousins gets his standard 225 and two, but Sky, I know Sky thinks he's the start of week. I actually think he's a fade, in my opinion. I think he's outside the top 12 this week. So, Eagles, Panthers. Eagles offensive line, they get their, their left tackle back, Mylata, but they're going to be down Lane Johnson. They're down two offensive linemen. They're playing the Carolina Panthers. They're expected to be behind in this game. You know, I think the Panthers are a fine team, but they're pretenders. They got smoked by the Cowboys. They played some bad teams early on. I think the Eagles are going to be competitive enough. When it comes to Miles Sanders versus Kenny Gainwell, I know people are all excited, but when you look at the advanced metrics, the problem is it's not 75-25. Kenny Gainwell is playing the Naheem Hines role in this offense. We talked about this all offseason. That's Naheem Hines role. When they get down big, it's going to be Kenny Gainwell. That, that just makes that makes Miles Sanders the Jonathan Taylor. That makes jo- uh, Miles Sanders, for example, the uh, Melvin Gordon to the Austin Eckler role for uh, Kenneth Gainwell. So uh, Miles Sanders, in my opinion, is tough to trust. If you can get away from him, I think you should. Um, I think the game flow is tougher. He's now getting closer to an even split with Kenny Gainwell. I understand all that. But they're banged up on the offensive line too, no Lane Johnson. So I'll admit, even though I was high on Miles Sanders in the offseason, high even though i i barely have him in two of my nine leagues but um but the other thing i would say this if you have miles sanders and you could fade him fade him this week on the panthers side cmc is doubtful i think chuba hubbard is a good start this week against the eagles the eagles um are going to be down their left tackle cam irving which is interesting because the eagles do have some type of pass rush um but sam Darnold's cooking cam irving's not really anything special at left tackle so i'm not too concerned there um, they are down their best linebacker in Shaq Thompson. So I think that's good news for Kenny Gainwell, too. If you're in a PPR format and you need a flex play this week, Kenny Gainwell, I think he's okay because Shaq Thompson is out as well, the, one of their better coverage linebackers. The Saints versus the Washington football team. Obviously, we know about Tony Jones. He's being out. Um, I think that really does impact uh, Alvin Kamara's usage. He's going to get more ground game work. That's awesome. Uh, the Washington football team is better against the ground than the air, though. So that's something that is worth noting. Um, the Washington football team is going to be down one of their one of their key guards and Brandon Sheriff. Uh, listen, Gibson is someone I'm trying to fade this week. He has this fractured shin or broken shin. I'm not too much too interested in all that stuff. So I'm going to fade. Logan Thomas is out. Deami Brown is out. Cam Sims is out. So three of their main pass catchers are out. Curtis Samuel's back in. Listen, Adam Humphreys, to me, is actually not a bad play. Remember, Bradley Roby and Marshawn Lattimore play the outside for the Saints. I think that leads uh, some for some like a deeper PPR name this week because of the injuries to the, the pass catchers for the Redskins. Oh, sorry, the Washington football team. I think it's uh, I think you can actually roll with Adam Humphreys in PPR formats in deeper leagues. On the Titans side, listen, no Julio Jones. Fire up A.J. Brown, guys. You drafted him in the third round, second round, whatever. He's playing Jacksonville. He lit them up last year. I'm playing him all day. On the Jaguars side, of course, it's Chark and A.J. Cannon, one of their offensive linemen. I just think that from my perspective, I'm playing D.J. Chark um, as much. I mean, I'm playing LaVisca Chanel. He's one of my starts of the week in the slot. You know, no one gives up more points than the Tennessee Titans. So I think because of the injury to D.J. Chark, we saw his aid out, which we'll talk a lot later in the prayer trends. I'm playing LaVisca. And I'm playing Marvin Jones if I can. I have tougher spots in some of my leagues. I'm starting T. Higgins over Marvin Jones, but Marvin Jones is someone I'm trying to get in my lineups too. 
Dolphins versus the Buccaneers. Will Fuller is out, of course, with his hand injury. Devontae Parker is someone that came up on the injury report again. He's questionable. I love Devontae Parker. If he, if you hear anything reports on Sunday morning, if you tune into our Sunday live show, we'll talk about this. If there's if there's reports that he looks good in pregame warm I'm trying to get Devontae Parker in my lineups. No one gives up more points to the wide receiver position than the Bucs. But on top of that, no Charlton Davis this week, no Antoine Winfield. So they're missing two starters in the back end of their defense. I like Mike Jaziki a lot in this game too because of the injuries to the secondary as well. No Gronk and Geo is back. So, I mean, Cameron Braid someone that people are trying to stream, but I just feel like they have plenty of talent with A.B., Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know, and then they got Geo coming back. I think Braid's a fine play if you're desperate, but I'm not going out of my way to start Braid in this matchup. Geo back does impact Leonard Fournette. You know, this game could get out of hand. The good news is we're not expecting the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to fall behind to the Miami Dolphins. So game flow should be fine. This is not a Geo game. This is a Leonard Fournette slash Ronald Jones game. Ronald Jones will probably close things out if they start pulling away. Bengals and Packers. Packers, of course, down MVS. They're also going to be down their starting center, Josh Myers and Jair Alexander. So Josh Myers is an impact to the offense overall, but I'm not going to sweat it because, you know, it is what it is. Aaron Rodgers can make things work. Jair Alexander's big news. That's huge news for Chase. And that's huge news for Higgins. Chase and Higgins are in my lineups this week. If I have them, I like that. Kevin King has been banged up all year. The Packers are more susceptible to out wide receivers. So I think Chase and Higgins are in, especially now because Alexander is out. It sounds like Joe Mixon is in this week. Um, Cool. I'm not trying to mess around with some Joe Mixon right now. I'm not. Like, you know, hanged up. They're missing one of their starting guards. Who knows what's going to happen there. So if you can fade Joe Mixon, I, I think you could. Like a guy like Zach Moss, I'd rather play. Just until I see Joe Mixon is healthy again. Broncos, Steelers, no Albert O. This is the backup tight end. This is just notable to me because no KJ Hamler, no Jerry Judy, no Albert O. And it's starting to get real thin. And I think Teddy B being back, he sounds like he's going to clear concussion protocol. That's going to be Cortland Sutton, by the way, who hurt his ankle in Friday's practice. You don't, you don't want to hear that. But a guy that I think I'm trying to get in my lineups this week is Tim Patrick. I like Tim Patrick. Um, the, the Steelers are going to be down Cameron Sutton, one of their outside cornerbacks this week. So that means they're really weak in the secondary outside of Joe Hayden and Joe Hayden does not shadow. He stays on one side and these Broncos receivers will move all around. So I think Tim Patrick to me is someone I'm trying to get in my lineups as a wide receiver three this week because of the injury to Cortland Sutton. I have no idea. He got hurt in Friday's practice. I don't know what that means for Sunday, but if he's limited at a wall, I think I'm going to lean Tim Patrick in this game. Also, James Washington is going to be out. So that's some hit to the depth. So if, for example, it sounds like Chase Claypool will be back, but if James Washington and and Chase Claypool are out, I mean, Deontay Johnson, forget about it. He's going to be completely peppered with targets. So I think you you have to get him in your laps. Forget about the matchup with the Broncos. It's an overrated bad matchup, meaning they are very susceptible to outside receivers. They're fine against outside receivers. Like they're average. It's not like it's a dominant team against outside receivers plus they're dealing with their own injuries on the secondary so i'm i think you could start deontay johnson bears raiders akeem hicks one of their better interior offensive linemen is going to be out that's good news for josh jacobs that that can help him a little bit Akeem nick nicks hicks is one of those there's very few interior defensive linemen like aaron donald and those guys that when they're out it's a huge impact hicks is one of those guys him being out is good news for josh jacobs i think that does improve his matchup slightly 
in this game. David Montgomery being out, I'm rolling with Damian Williams. He's one of my sleeper running backs this week, but he's not much of a sleeper. I think he's industry, like, top 20 running back. So I think everyone's on Damian Williams. From an efficiency standpoint, when it comes to yards per carry, he's been right on par with David Montgomery, too. So with Bill Lazor running the show and Justin Fields now the official starter, I think I have some optimism for the ground game because Bill Lazor knows what he's doing in the ground game. The Raiders are going to be down two of their top four cornerbacks. Now, before this gets all exciting, I you know, Justin Fields is clearly not throwing that much. Allen Robinson and and uh, and David uh, David Money, uh, Darnell Mooney and, and 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 Allen Robinson in this game. I know people are going to get excited about that, but Casey Hayward and is the linchpin of that secondary, and that's why the Raiders are tough. They just shut down Keenan Allen and Mike Williams last week um, with these guys all banged up and not playing. Casey Hayward and the and the Raiders are really really tough against receivers this season. So I'm not going to put A-Rob in my lineups just yet. Uh, Mooney could see a lot of of uh, Casey Hayward on the outside. I, I just, I'm, you know, I don't, I think they'll be fine, but what's the upside? I personally think I'm going to pivot to other players, even with the injuries to the Raiders. Browns versus Chargers. Chris Harris is back. That's a huge, that's huge news. This Chargers secondary is no joke. I'm fading Odell, fading Baker, fading the Browns passing game as much as I can in this matchup overall. Justin Jackson, the backup running back, is going to be doubtful. More work for Austin Eckler. Larry Roundtree seems to be a desperation play. Um, he could be someone, if you're in a standard format, if you need an RB3, if you got injuries to your offensive, uh, your running back position, Larry Roundtree would be the guy I'd pick up with the Justin Jackson injury. Giants, Cowboys, Darius Slayton, and no Sterling Shepard. Now, the Cowboys have been using Trayvon Diggs to shadow number ones. Kenny Galladay is the shadow number cornerback matchup assassin. He has never been able – you cannot shadow Kenny G. He's been awesome. Marshawn Lattimore last week, he lit him up. It's just not a thing. Like, trust me, I've done a lot of research on shadow coverage, and Kenny Galladay has blown people out. I'm not sweating it. Dallas Cowboys allowed the third most points out wide receivers this season. I'm playing Kenny Galladay. Um, Kadarius Tony, little bit less high on. He does like an inside out hybrid thing, but we've seen decent games from inside out hybrid guys. So I'm okay with Kenny, uh, Kadarius Tony this week if you need him as a wide receiver three, but I don't think I'm going out of my way to start Kadarius Tony. Um, Drill Peppers is out, one of the safeties for the Giants. Giants have allowed a lot of points to uh, tight ends this season. Dalton Schultz, listen, we're going to talk about this in the player episode. Starting to separate a little bit. Uh, that could be big things for him. If he starts separating from Jarwin, but we'll talk about in the player trend section in a moment. 49ers versus the Cardinals. Jimmy G and George Kittle. Trey Lance time, baby. Um, I know Ross Dwelly. Uh, I think with Trey Lance in there, I'm not I'm not going to go out of my way to start anybody beyond Debo um, in this matchup because I want to see what the passing attack is going to look like. But the Cardinals are going to be down potentially two of their three starting cornerbacks this week. And Byron Murphy, their starting, starting slot corner, is going to be out 100%. Marcus, uh, Marco Wilson is not practiced on Friday. I, I think I'm going Debo all day, baby. Debo leads his team in slot routes. I am um, slot production. I'm sorry. Mohamed Sanu is their slot receiver. And it looks like Trey Lance, listen, he got it. I, yes, he was. it was a blown coverage. But, hey, Debo got it done last week with Trey Lance. I'm liking Debo because of the injuries in the secondary. I'm liking Trey Lance because of those injuries. So I'm trying to get Trey Lance in. I'm feeling a little Trey Lance this week in, in this game where – the Cardinals should be able to put up points against the 49ers. Of course, the Kittle injury, I think that just leaves me to Brandon Ayuk. Ugh. I mean, Brandon Ayuk, is, it, these two injuries are key. I just don't know how much they're going to throw. Um, I would say bring your Brandon Ayuk questions 
to Sunday Live, and we'll talk through them to see what, what you have versus. Okay, those are our injuries. That was a lot of information, but those are our key injuries heading into week five. And before we move on, I want to make sure we talk about some of our sponsors. First of all, if everyone on the TCK side, you always know about the Jersey Jungle, but if you're following on the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel, we've been promoting the Jersey Jungle. And if you like authentic stitch and twill jerseys for half the price, well, that this is where you got to go. These are like NFL.com worthy jerseys, and you can get them right off Instagram at the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. If you use that promo code TCK, you get 10% off one and two jerseys and 15% off three jerseys. So if you guys need a jersey for this season and you were looking at, you know, your favorite fantasy, uh, favorite fantasy player for this year, go to the Jersey Jungle and get yourself a jersey. All right, let's do one. Uh, I'm going to do one start sit. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Matt Ryan or Teddy Two Gloves from Charlie. Charlie, what's up, man? Um, not playing Matt Ryan this week at all. Um, no Calvin Ridley, no Russell Gage. Going over to the pond in London, going clogging or something. I don't know what they're doing over there. So I'm going to go – I'm going to actually go Teddy B in this scenario. Um, because of the injuries to the Pittsburgh, I, I think I'm going to go Teddy B. James, what's up, bud? All right, what are you – are you worried about Hopkins or Lockett? I'm not worried about Lockett too much. Gino showed enough. I think he did lean a little DK. It could have been just because. But um, Hopkins, I am a little worried um, because they don't get creative with him. He plays on one side of the field, like 97% of his snaps, and he does the same shit over and over again. And they don't get creative. He's not playing in the slot. They don't challenge him downfield that much. Um, they have Kirk. They have A.J. Green now. They have, you know, Rondell Moore. They have uh, Jay, uh, Chase Edmonds, a bigger role. So I just saw – we'll talk about trade talk in a minute. We just had a trade in one of our listener leagues, Gibson for Hopkins. And the rest of season schedule for Hopkins is not bad or good. It's fine. But he hasn't done enough. You have to take out the wide receiver, top five wide receiver thought process. And now if you view him as a wide receiver too, you're still going to start Hopkins every week. Um, but if you could pivot – him and another player and go get yourself an improvement, I would. I just don't think he's a top five receiver like we thought he would be this season. All right, folks, let's go on to our next segment. We're going to talk about why we're really here, and that's player trends you need to know. All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to just walk through. I basically look at weeks one through three and compare them to week four, and I tried to find different things that are changing um, in each for each team. So first of all, let's talk about Arizona Cardinals. Max Williams actually saw his slot routes increase to 47%. The reason why I bring this up, and yes, Max Williams is banged up, but if he's not just in-line blocking and he, they're starting to use and trust him more as a slot receiver, that's that's going to help his fantasy t uh, fantasy uh, expectations because he's not going to be in-line blocking as much if they're kicking him out wide. So seeing that 12 to 15% bump up is something we should keep monitoring because I think in good matchups, and especially games where there's going to be high-scoring affairs, I think Max Williams is going to continue to offer you some flex appeal throughout the season. I did bring this up earlier, and I apologize, my player trend segment, but DeAndre Hopkins did have two deep targets this week. And I just brought this up. He only had two weeks, one through three. I It could have been an outlier, but let's keep watching this, because I just brought this up about D-Hop and why I wasn't high on him, was because they kind of just kept him in this one area of the field. They're not moving him around. They're not challenging him deep. But last week, they did try to challenge him deep. So let's see one more week of that and see if it's a trend. Because if he's starting to get more air yards, 
more downfield targets, it's going to lead to more production. Falcons, it really just comes down to Mike Davis and, and Cordell Patterson. And we're going to, you're going to sit here and talk all day. I mean, Cordell Patterson, obviously sell high. We all know that. I think anywhere you go, people are going to tell you to sell Cordell Patterson high. But I just don't know what you're going to acquire. I just don't know who out there is going to view Cordell Patterson. Just look at his first few weeks in a vacuum and not realize that this guy's been a hybrid kick returner his whole career. But it's not bad to include him and another player to see and just start to talk. Hey, I got Cordell Patterson and this guy. Can What guy on your team would you be willing to give up for this duo? I don't think Cordell Patterson as a one-off is going to get you a lot of value. But look at the usage, right? Davis routes last week 30-12. to 12. I mean, it's Davis is still running a, a bunch of more routes, but Patterson's getting targeted relentlessly. And this week with the injuries to Calvin Ridley, well, it, not the injury, but Calvin Ridley being out, Russell Gage being out. Listen, Cordell Patterson's probably going to be someone you can flex this week. But the usage is still leaning all towards Mike Davis. Rush attempts, 13 for Davis, 6 for Gallman, and 6 for Patterson. So, you know, it's just, I think that because of that usage, if you can package Cordell Patterson with somebody, and go get yourself an upgrade, I think you should do that. Baltimore Ravens, we're still waiting on Rashad Bateman's return. Hopefully it happens soon. But one of the interesting developments was Mark Andrews led the team in routes this week. I like this. This is good news for his long-term value. He was kind of being eased in a little bit. He wasn't the top guy in routes like he was last year and years prior. He finally got to that point. So this looks good. He had a big week against Detroit. So I think he has a really good you know, optimism moving forward. Lat Murray. Is the guy 18 carries five for all other running backs this week? He's one of my favorite sleeper running backs. He has an average matchup on the ground, but I think Lat Murray is someone if you are desperate at running back, you can go plug and play as a flex running back this week. Buffalo Bills, the Dawson Knox situation, it's real, it's a real thing. And here's why he ran more routes than Cole Beasley last week, he ran three less routes than Diggs. That stuff was not happening last year. If this was like a Cordell Patterson situation where he's running like one-fourth of the routes to dropbacks, then I'd be like, all right, we can ignore it. You can't ignore Dawson Knox anymore. His, he is on the field running routes. That's what matters. He's running more routes than Cole Beasley. Forget about it. He's going to stay consistent all year. So I do like Dawson Knox in plus matchups. And we'll talk more about him on our Sunday Live show. Moss versus Singletary. The biggest switch is the routes run. So this week, Moss... 17 routes, 11 for Singletary. Prior to this week, remember the first two weeks they were together, 27 for Moss, 44 for Singletary. So now that's flipped. Moss is not only getting the goal line work, he's getting the carries, but he's also now getting more passing game work as well. Moss is a buy in my opinion. Also, want to talk about slot routes. I just brought this up earlier. Knox, 43% of his routes were in the slot. That's slowly going up too. That's what we like to see. Dawson Knox getting close to that 50% mark. Mark and slot routes means that you're using them a lot. Love it. Rush attempts will split 50-50 still, but like I just touched on, we're starting to see a shift full-time to a Singletary. I think, I mean, Moss, I think Singletary is still going to be involved. I'm not saying he won't be, but Moss is the guy you want. Goal line, passing game work, starting to shift his way 100%. Let's, let's hope that's the case. Get some clarity. Panthers, Chuba Hubbard is the guy. No CMC. Don't even sweat it. I think you could play Chuba Hubbard this week. In his matchup, I think, against the Eagles. The Eagles in years prior has been real good against rushing uh, rushing games. That is not the case this year. So with no CMC out, well, he's doubtful, but he will be out. I think I'm rolling with Chuba Hubbard uh, in this game if I can. Uh, the Bears, the biggest news is the ADOT. Bill Lazor is now the offensive coordinator and calling plays. Thank the Lord. 
Honestly, Matt Nagy, love the guy, whatever, but he is just, I don't know what he's doing. But Justin Fields is the starter. He What they did is they ran the ball and they threw the ball downfield. Great. The A dot for Cole Kement, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney doubled, essentially doubled. Uh, so they're challenging more downfield. Better days are ahead, but you're going to have some growing pains for Chicago. And the Raiders' secondary is actually not as exploitable as it was in years past. So I think, but it's a trending thing that's good for Robinson. It's good for Mooney. Mooney is the typical deep threat, but A-Rob needed that air yards too. So that's good news for Justin Fields. That's good for the receiving core overall. Bengals, T. Higgins returns. Get T. Higgins and Jamar Chase in your lineups. Browns, Austin Hooper ran a route on less than 50% of dropbacks. That's on me, folks. I told you to start Austin Hooper last week. One of my, I was probably the biggest miss I had. You know, when we recommend players, we're going to start recommending players who actually play. That's going to be the key. Austin Hooper, less than 50% of routes to dropbacks last week. Drop him in every league. He's not worth it. He might get a touchdown here and there, but guys, listen, we can do better. We can do better. Cowboys, Schultz versus Jarwin. This is huge, huge, huge turn of events. Weeks one through three, Jarwin, 71 routes. Schultz, 74. So 50-50. Last week, Schultz, 19, 9 for Jarwin. We're seeing the delta. He literally only had one route more per game the first three weeks. He had 10 more last week. Getting that feeling about Schultz. Could be a thing. Mike McCarthy has never used tight ends. Just the thing to keep in mind, Gallup will return. If you can ride Schultz for the next few weeks, see how he does. If he starts getting more work, might be a time to sell right before Gallup comes back. Just a thought. Broncos, Williams, seven carries, nine for Gordon. That's for carries. And, and listen, this is an even split all year, but the people want Javante Jam- J- Williams to be the thing. Gordon's not going anywhere. Gordon's out producing him. Guys, this is not a like, – I get it. Javante Williams, the, the new hotness, the bobbing in a hot sauce of players right now. But my point is, like, you, it's not a thing. Gordon and him are splitting work all year. Play them in good matchups. Sit them in bad. That's just the only advice I have for now if you have both. Lions routes last week, 32 for Swift, 5 for Williams. The stat sheet's not going to show it. Williams outproduced them. He got a bunch of different work. Yeah, he actually got more ground game work. 14 carries to 8 for Swift with 32 routes. For Swift, for five, for Williams. Swift's going to have better days. Swift's going to have better PPR days. And I would keep him playing with him, play against Minnesota, play him with confidence. I think he's going to get you some PPR points this week. Packers, Robert Tanyan. This is the key here. Prior to last week, remember, MVS went down. And it was MVS, Lazard, and a little bit of Cobb. And behind Adams, when MVS went down, Cobb did get more work, but Robert Tanyan got more work too. This is notable. So he was running a route compared to Devontae Adams. So Devontae Adams leads the team every week in routes. He ran a route 72% of the time to Adams. Last week, that jumped to 85%. So now he's on the field more because MVS is gone. They trust Robert Tanyan. So I think that's going to be big for Robert Tanyan moving forward. This week, he gets the Bengals. And the Bengals are not a scary defense against tight ends. I think that you can roll with Robert Tanyan this week as a bounce-back candidate if you need to. Randall Cobb, second on the team in targets last week, was the main slot guy. I think, listen, Cobb is going to be a thing as long as MVS is out. Um, that's his boy, too. So I think, you know, obviously he's going to leapfrog with Lazard. Lazard was out there a bunch, but I think Cobb's the backup, uh, second wide receiver behind Adams that you want in this game. Here's another thing that I liked. Average depth of target. Robert Tanyan, weeks one through three, 1.5. 
1.5 yards was his average depth of target in week four. The first game without MVS, it jumped to 16 air yards. Challenging defenses downfield. Cobb is not the deep threat. Lazard's really not a great deep threat. Adams is good. Adams could do everything. But Robert Tanyan running up that seam. Hey, I'm feeling it. I like it. I like some Robert Tanyan this week. Texans, the only thing I have here is a three-man rotation. Um, we got to wait till Tyrod gets back. Once Tyrod gets back and this offense gets clicking again, I think Marking Markingham has one of the better running game schedules rest of season. But it's hard to tell if it's Markingham's outproducing Phil Lindsay. Phil Lindsay's style of running is not fitting with this offense. He is too horizontal. Markingham just hits the hole, and that's what works for them. He got like four plus yards per carry last week. I think Lindsay was down like one. So I think Ingram's someone to monitor. But for now, until Tyrod Taylor comes back, it's nothing to think about. But it is something down the line. Marlon Mack was back involved for the Colts. 10 carries. I think they're showcasing him. I think they have to showcase him. They're trying to show something. He's clearly not the better player uh, than Jonathan Taylor. But at the same time, he's going to be out there. Maybe they'll get something done within the next two weeks. He goes somewhere. I'm hoping he goes to the Saints or something to back up Kamara. He'd be a great one to down Thumper to back him up. But, you know, I think in the interim, if they're going to showcase him, that's something worth, worth watching. So it could hurt Jonathan Taylor. That's why he's one of my sits of the week. J, uh, Jaguars, James Robinson was second on the team in routes last week. Listen, this guy's going to be out there a bunch. When they start getting better matchups, the good news is he's running a bunch of routes. He's out there a bunch. I think that's good for you. Da Dan Arnold, in his first game, led the team in tight end routes. Dan Arnold was uh, signed up the street like three freaking weeks ago, um, three days ago before the game. And he goes out there and he leads the team in routes. So I think that Dan Arnold is someone to monitor. This is Daryl Bevel's offenses. Daryl Bevel, Jimmy Graham, Vasante Shanko. You know, last year with TJ Hawkinson, they used tight ends. James O'Shaughnessy was looking real good. Rest, my boy. But that's my point, though. I think Dan Arnold is someone in a good matchup that you could stream. Let's see how it goes this week. LaVisca Chenault, his A dot skyrocketed. First three three weeks, five yards was his A dot. 13.4 this past week. That really boosted his on his way to his best day. He's one of my starts of the week against the Titans. So I love LaVisca Chenault because of that A dot. Chiefs, Josh Gordon should play this week. He's a name in the water, deeper name the stash. Put him in there. Demarcus Robinson and Michael Harmon are not doing enough to. Um, basically cement themselves. So I think Josh Gordon is someone, if you have deeper benches and you're in a 16-team league, 14-team league, and you want to put him on there, I think that's not a problem at all. Rush is 14-10 to 10 for CEH versus Darrell Williams. Uh, that's, you know, CEH is someone I'm trying to fade as much as I can this week. He's got Buffalo. The last two weeks, in my adjusted line yards metric, he was actually very good matchups. This week, the Buffalo Bills are not. Um, I am trying to fade CH where I can 14 to 10 is not the ideal split between him and Williams. We'll see if that continues this week for the Raiders. Josh Jacobs ran 22 routes versus 38 for Waller. That's good for Jacobs. Jacobs is running routes. He's out there over half the snaps. Peyton Barber got banged up in this game. Uh, so it, it's good to see that he was the preferred quote unquote passing down back as he got more routes. So the good news is that's going to help him get maybe two, three, four potentially targets every week if he's out there running some routes. Rushes, 13 carries for Jacobs, one for Drake. So I the Peyton Barber thing, he got hurt, though. He got hurt on special teams. Watch that. I could see Peyton Barber getting six carries a week. It's going to be annoying. But for now, Josh Jacobs is the lead guy. Chargers, Austin Eckler, eight of the 12 first-half carries. Justin Jackson is doubtful this week. His role cemented. He'll be good. Uh, Dolphins, routes. <laughs> This is crazy. 
Nine for Gaskins, 10 for Brown. Don't know why. Brown's running more routes than Miles Gaskins. Eight carries for two for Brown. Looks like Miles Gaskin is just not it anymore. Uh, kind of a throwaway fifth, sixth round pick, RB3, not a thing anymore. Um, one more week on your bench. If it doesn't change, he could be dropped. That's how I feel about it. Malcolm Brown, yeah, sure. I think you should speculatively add Malcolm Brown if you can too. Uh, I would try to get both those guys. If you have a, a deeper bench, try to have them both on your team, see what guy prevails this week, and then roll with that guy moving forward. Vikings, Tyler Conklin. We talked about this. His off-season injury, uh, he was third on the team in routes. So that now he's passing K.J. Osborne, okay? So just so you know, for Tyler Conklin, routes runs. He ran a route versus the two guys. It's basically Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. They run routes all the time. He was running a route on 64% of their routes the first three weeks. That jumped to 80%. Tyler Conklin, everyone forgets, he was hurt last uh, in the offseason. So this is this is notable. This offense is used as tight ends. Um, the one thing that's a little bit of a red flag is average depth of target was 0.5. So it's asking a lot for this guy to catch the ball at the line of scrimmage and create after the catch. Um, so I do. I am a little skeptical. I would like to see him get more targets down the field. But when you have Jefferson and Thielen going down the field and K.J. Osborne playing well, they need that safety valve especially with Cook banged up. So Tyler Conklin, he's on the field more. He's running more routes. That's good news. Damian Harris, now jumping on the Patriots. Damian Harris led the team in running back routes. That's great. I mean, he that's going to help him a lot. If he's getting three targets a week now that James Washington uh, White is out, but James White out, you would expect Brandon Bolden, but Brandon Bolden's not a special talent. J.J. Taylor is not ready. Damian Harris getting more work, that's going to help him moving forward. Now, of course, the four injuries to the offensive lineman is terrible. But Damian Harris, to me, is still a low-end RB2 this week in a plus draw against Houston. The Saints, Kamara, 20 routes last week to 21 for Callaway. He just didn't get targeted. I, I feel like people said, oh, yeah, his role changed because of Tony Jones being out. He was still running a bunch of routes. You know, 20 routes and no targets is a fluke to me. So I think he's going to be fine. I think Kamara's just a RB1, like a low-end RB1 this year. He's just not a top-five pick, um, you know, 2-2. Two, two. I, I, I did say that I was not feeling him as a top-three-to-five pick. I thought this was going to happen. Sure enough, it's happening. He's still an elite RB1, but he's like a 10-12 to 12 running back instead of a 1-5. to five. That's all. The Jets, Crowder comes dusted off the street. Me and Buck talked about this, and he just jumps right in. This guy completely dominated. The red zone work. I mean, six targets in the red zone last week. He was second most routes on the team overall, just behind uh, Corey Davis. This week he has the Atlanta Falcons who are down their slot corner. I'm actually feeling, I'm feeling Crowder as a wide receiver three in PPR. Carter versus Ty Johnson. Carter for the first time all year actually ran more routes than Ty Johnson. So prior to last week, 54 routes for Johnson, 36 for Carter. This past week, 12 for Carter, 11 for Johnson. I like that. He had 13 of the 20 carries. He is building and building and building. And I've heard this on a couple other podcasts, and I do agree. Try to get Mark, uh, Michael Carter as a throw-in on a trade. You know, try to trade a, for a player. Be like, all right, I'll give you, you know, one for one. But, hey, can I get Michael Carter in that trade? Because I don't think he has name value just yet, but his usage is skyrocketing, and I think he's someone we, we can definitely buy moving forward. Um, so let's talk about this. So Kenny Gainwell's clearly getting more work. That is not, that's a fact. 60, uh, 62 routes the first three weeks for Sanders versus 34 for Kenny Gainwell. 
27 to 21 in week four. So clearly Gainwell is gaining, no pun intended, or all pun intended. We're doing puns here. We do puns on the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel. Uh, but he's gaining well. But the carries, it's still, listen, it's 7 to 10. Uh, yeah, I get it. Last week was weird game flow and all that stuff. The Eagles defense is not competitive. I'm worried about Sanders more because the offensive line play. They're starting to lose all the depth. is all gone. They lost two guards. They lost their right tackle. He's out. You know, that's what I was high on Miles Sanders. The offensive line, the scheme was going to be fine. But that's something I think Sanders, to me, you can sit this week. But I'm not I'm not saying Gainwell's better. I'm not going to say that just yet. But Gainwell is someone you should have on your bench. But I think, you know, if you could trade Gainwell to a guy like Sky who loves him, go for it. I, I just don't think Gainwell's going to pass up Miles Sanders at this point this year. Steelers, bringing it up. Juju Smith-Schuster. With the injuries to James Washington and Chase Claypool, the good news is they started throwing to him more downfield. 4.4 the first three weeks was his average depth of target. That jumped to 12.3. Uh, let's watch James Washington's injury. Let's watch Chase Claypool's injury. If they're both out, Juju might have a little bit of a better time, but he has a really tough matchup this week against Denver. I'm not going out of my way to start Juju in the slot. Denver's really tough on the inside. 49ers, dot. Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle both went up. I mean, we're starting to see more pushing down the field. Maybe that's what happens with Trey Lance. Maybe Trey Lance is kind of like the same mold of Justin Field where they run the ball a lot with him and, and the running backs, and then they take shots downfield. That's going to help guys like Kittle and and Ayuk. But Kittle is out this week. So Kittle, where we just talked about, is going to be out. So I think Ayuk, I think it's Debo only for me this week. But just keep monitoring the Ayuk-Kittle average depth of target. We'll talk about that each week. Rush attempts. Elijah Mitchell returns. I'm real interested. Sky did say on his show that he's willing to start Mitchell over Sermon. We'll see. Um, Mitchell's got that juice. You, you can see it. Sermon's fine. They're going to make a nice one-two punch. Um, I'm probably not going to start either this week. I'll probably – I'm okay with being wrong. I'm not going to make a choice just yet. Buccaneers. Listen, Fournette, 37 routes to 43 for Mike Evans, who led the team. But remember, Gio was out. So I think for Fournette owners, this game flow against Miami, they should be fine. Fournette should see his work. But he's not going to get the same passing game usage with Gio back, dial, dial down. Cameron Bray, 31 routes to 43. He basically took over the Gronk role. Didn't do much with it. I think he's not Gronk. And I think that Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and Chris Godwin are perfectly fine with Gio coming back. I don't know how high I am on a guy like Cameron Bray this week, but we'll see. Uh, we'll talk more on Sunday Live. Um, let's see. Talked about Gio. So I got so many notes here. Um Let's jump down to the Titans. Anthony Ferkser, 41 routes to 49 for the top receiver. That's going to be good news. I think Ferkser was a popular sleeper. I liked him a lot. He gets hurt, comes back. The injuries to Julio, A.J. Brown. But the thing about him is that he became the only tight end running. He was running a bunch of routes compared to everybody else. Um, so I think for him to only be eight routes behind the leading receiver last week, He's going to start popping up a little bit. I think a good matchup to Anthony Ferkser will keep it in the back of our minds when we talk about it. Washington football team, injury to Logan Thomas, injury to Deami Brown, injury to Cam Sims. Things are going to open up. Ricky Seals-Jones basically comes in, takes over the role full-time for Logan Thomas. He was second on the team in routes behind Terry McLaurin. Adam Humphreys was second on the team in wide receiver routes. I think Adam Humphreys, in my opinion, while they keep continuing to keep Curtis Samuel going, Curtis Samuel's playing the outside now. Adam Humphreys in the slot, Curtis Samuel out wide. So I think Humphreys this week in the matchup against the Saints is the guy I want in PPR. So I think that's the guy I'm going to go with overall. Ricky Seals-Jones, 
Not sure I'm going to jump. If I'm a Logan Thomas owner, I think I'm going to try to find other options like the Tyler Conklins of the world, for example, Max Williams, those kind of guys before I jump into the Ricky Seals Jones pool. But it's good to see that he's getting all the usage. Adam Humphreys, this is a good point right here. He had a, his average depth of target was 11 yards last week. Curtis Samuel minus 1.5. So they're using Curtis Samuel in this, this gadget role at the line of scrimmage and they're giving Humphreys air yards. I don't know if that's going to continue, but I think that was notable to just bring up for this for this show. And then, of course, McKissick is involved. Gibson, 14 carries to 7 for J.D. McKissick. That's something to monitor. I think uh, I think that's going to be similar. He's got this shin problem now. I think he's got like a fracture. You know, I'm not buying Nick Gibson this week. Real tough matchup against the Saints, so I'm fading him for this week. All right, folks, that is it. That's our player trends. That's our injuries. That's our That's our Thursday Night Football review. All right, before we go, let's do one more thing. I did say I was going to review some trades. Let's do some trade talk. This is a lot. This is a solo pod. I'm out here just like blacking out from like just exhaustion and heat. All right, let's do this. So week four trade talk. And before before I do that, let's 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 do let's just, let's go with the comments. I know people are jumping in here, um, guys. Yeah, this is so Ray. I'm going to answer one of these. But remember, guys, we're going to do Sunday live start sit show every Sunday live, 10 a.m. to 1 a.m. Uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Make sure we're doing that. All right, standard scoring. Pick three. Keenan Allen versus the Browns. CH versus the Bills. Hunt versus the Chargers. Davis versus the Falcons. Marvin Jones. T. Higgins. Um, no CEH. Listen, Hunt, I'm never going to be high on Hunt. I just don't. It's roulette. You're playing roulette with Hunt. He's just half the time he's good, half the time he's bad. Matchups don't matter. Situation doesn't matter. He just, he'll score a touchdown. You're good. If he doesn't, he doesn't get all, the, he doesn't get, he gets you 15 touches. He'll get you 15 empty ones or ones with touchdowns. I just don't know. I can't get high on Hunt. The matchup's good for Hunt. I honestly, Keenan Allen gets the Browns. Browns are susceptible to slot receivers. I'm fine with Keenan Allen. Corey Davis is fine. Marvin Jones is fine. T. Higgins is fine. I'm taking Higgins over Marvin Jones this week slightly. Uh, Davis, there's going to be, there's an injury to, um, Outside corner, uh, one of their cornerbacks, Isaiah Oliver's out. But overall, the same, they're very bad against a wide receiver outside. So I'm going to go Davis. I like all these. Uh, but CH is the one I'm only sitting. Man, I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. I honestly don't know. I like I like Keenan Allen, Corey Davis, Marvin Jones, T. Higgins. Those four. I narrowed down the four. I would go T. Higgins, Corey Davis, Keenan Allen. That's my that's my starts. Out of those five. That was tough because I like these. It's hard when you're picking from people that you like. Hunt, I, I'm never going to choose. I might be the wrong guy, but it's a good matchup against the Chargers. But he's a backup running back. If he doesn't score a touchdown, he probably will let you down. Pick a, pick it what you want. One more over here from Shiro. Who would you start this week? Ezekiel Elliott or Cordell Patterson? It's Ezekiel Elliott. It's Zeke. Um, yep. And uh, I'm going to go Zeke. Zeke all day. Zeke's number one in my running game matchup this week uh, versus the Giants. I am not sitting Zeke. If he's in, uh, I'm playing him. All right, folks, let's talk some trades before we go. We had a couple TCK Listener League trades this week. So what we did is I wanted to just kind of break these down for you and talk through them. The first one was Antonio Gibson for DeAndre Hopkins. So when I looked at the teams, the team that acquired Gibson already had had, um, Mike Davis – he, he acquired Gibson. He had Mike Davis, Chase Edmonds, Leonard Fournette. His wide receivers were Cooks, Johnson, and Renfro. Now, 
This team also, I believe, has CEH now. So I traded for CMC from this team, but he has CEH. So his running backs now are Gibson and CEH. His running backs behind them, though, are Fournette, Chase Edmonds, and Mike Davis. Now he's down to Brandon Cooks, Deontay Johnson, and Renfro. Um, personally, the trade in a vacuum is fine. You're trading one running back for receiver. When I look at your team, personally, I would rather have kept DeAndre Hopkins and rolled with Edmonds, Fournette, and Davis in my RB2. And I'd rather have Johnson, Cooks, and try to flex DeAndre when I can. I just... You know, Cook's situation is getting real ugly real fast. Um, and I'm not confident in Davis Mills long term. People are going to figure him out. They're going to take away Cooks. He's got a bad matchup this week. So I'd rather have, I would have actually kept Hopkins over trading for Gibson because I like your running backs better. On the other side, I kind of feel relatively the same way. The team that acquires Hopkins in this trade Green, A Rob, Beckham, Parker, and Kirk are his receivers. Carter, Gaskin, Drake, J Rob, and Mitchell. I just don't think you have – I mean, Gaskin, could, Gaskin and Drake are basically not startable. Uh, Mitchell could be good. I think we don't know yet what his deal is. Carter is building, but he hasn't even hit double-digit fantasy points yet um, because he's splitting work still with Ty Johnson. And then Mitchell, what happens with Trey Sermon? Are they going to be a 50-50 split? I just don't know if I would have made this trade. I think I would have kept the guys the same. So that's just my honest opinion. The next trade, trade two. Trade Tannehill and Corey Davis for Kirk Cousins and Mike Williams. Now, most people are going to lean Kirk Cousins and Mike Williams over in this trade. Um, and I think Jordan was involved. He was on the Ryan Tannehill side. And I think when I look at this, it's, you know, Tannehill, when Julio's back and he's starting to click a little bit, they're trying to, they're feeling out the new play caller. Henry's catching passes. You know, they got Julio, they got Cor- uh, AJ Brown, they got the Firk daddy back. Kirk Cousins is a nice player when he needs to get the volume, but for the most part, he's kind of capped. They they want to run the ball and play defense. They can't do it all the time. I totally get that. And Kirk Cousins was awesome down the stretch last year. So I guess from my opinion, I guess he was just trying to get the upside of Ryan Tannehill. He runs a lot more than Kirk Cousins. And the switch from Corey Davis to Mike Williams is interesting because Mike Williams, in my rest of season wide receiver metric, for wide out wide receivers, Mike Williams is the second worst variance from his early season schedule. So Mike's Williams' schedule gets a lot harder, and we saw that for the first time all year he faced a good defense in the Raiders, and he flopped. The first three weeks he faced two, three of the top six defenses in points allowed to out wide wide receivers. So, you know, I can see that Corey Davis has the fifth fifth best variance. So meaning his rest of season schedule is very good. So. I get it. It's a leap of faith for this side, but I can understand why he went Tannehill and, and Davis over Kirk Cousins and Mike Williams. So I think it's I think it's fine for both teams. It just depends on how you view, view Tannehill and you view Corey Davis moving forward. Final trade is actually my trade. I actually in a super flex league. Now keep in mind, all this is super flex. I traded Dak Prescott and CEH and got CMC. Now the kid that had that had CMC really struggling, um, wanted to get some depth and talent. And, well, he wanted talent at the quarterback because he was starting Taylor Heineke. And I think he picked up Zach Wilson at one point. He needed that elite – because he earned a super flex league. He didn't have an elite quarterback. Um, Deshaun Watson he had on his team never is not going to play this year. So getting Dak Prescott and dropping from CEH uh, – from CMC to CEH, listen – 
having Taylor Heineke in your super flex spot instead of rolling the dice on a receiver running back is going to be helpful because Heineke is going to outscore those guys. Um, so I get the trade from his aspect, and he probably will net out positive having Dak as your clear number one and not being able to super flex Heineke each week instead of playing with wide receivers and running backs. So I get it. But the drop-off from CMC to CEH might net you neg- uh, even. Um, because CEH, listen, over the last two weeks, I've talked about this a bunch, his run game schedule was awesome. Two great matchups, and he does very well. Gets you between 15 and 18 points in our format. Um, but those were with touchdowns. C- CMC gets you 22 points without a touchdown. Um, and I just think that from that perspective, you're going to drop maybe you know seven, eight points at the running back position per week. and then you might net even there because you might get seven, eight more points going from Heineke from your super flex receiver running back. So I think overall, I get it. I get why you did it. It gives you more comfort. I do agree. You're going to have bigger weeks because you're going to have two quarterbacks. So I do understand on my end. Listen, I had Sam Darnold as my QB three. I have Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Sam Darnold. And I thought, you know what? I'd rather have Darnold and CMC rest of season than CEH and um, Dak. All right, folks, that's it. All episodes of the TCK Pod is brought to you by Bet Online AG. This episode is also brought to you by the Fantasy Focus Network. We're also involved on the Fantasy Focus uh, Fantasy Football Network on Instagram. It's been an hour. I've been talking for an hour straight. I'm losing my mind. I gotta go, guys. Listen, it's been a lot of fun. Make sure you're joining us every Sunday live, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. We are super excited to announce our relationship with Good Sports. Good Sports is a youth sports organization that helps underprivileged communities play sports. 15 million units, you know, 27,000 children being helped, you know, 500, you know, this is just, it's just been, it's a great organization. So we're going to donate 10% of every dollar we make on our Sunday live show to Good Sports. So please make sure you're getting involved with us donating to us, supporting us, and we're going to give back to the sporting community with good sports. If you are not on YouTube and you want to become a part of our Super Chat donation, we want we did set up a TCK Pod Venmo. We'll have it available right on screen on YouTube, but you also can just go onto your Venmo and look up TCK Pod, and we'll answer your questions right away. Just remember, guys, we're getting hundreds of questions every episode, so we will get to as much questions as we can throughout, but you'll be about 20 to 25-minute wait for additional questions. If you want to skip the line, throw us a dollar or two. We'll get to your questions right away on Venmo and or YouTube. Once again, I'm Bobby Lamarco, uh, the fantasy football X factor on YouTube, on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. Follow us on TikTok, TCK pod. Follow us here. Re- make sure you subscribe, rate, review, do all that stuff. Make sure you're following us on the believe podcast network. Shout out to our partners over at believe. Once again, I'm Bobby Lamarco. This is episode 400 and something. Sky will tell you next time what this was. Thank you for joining in and make sure you join us tomorrow for our Sunday live show. I hope you enjoyed this breakdown. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.